A new twist in the stadium saga and no let up in violent crime. Mayor Quinton Lucas is in the hot seat this half hour as we pick apart the city's hottest issues. Plus, we look at the rest of the week's news with Kraski and Helling. Forget soup to nuts. We take you from sniper rifles to diapers. All ahead on Week in Review. Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP Kansas City, RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlise Gorley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A. co-trustees, and by viewers like you. Thank you. Hello and welcome, I'm Nick Haynes. In the words of Monty Python, and now for something completely different, why just talk with our reporters about the city's problems when we can speak to the man in charge? Joining us around the cosy confines of our Weekend Review table is Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas. Great to have you with us. It's a week in which the Chiefs are back. We're both wearing red, but also with it, renewed anxiety about our sports stadiums. If you read our Kansas City Star newspaper, we, we understand that the city is now working behind the scenes to hire this owner's representative to negotiate with these uh, stadium owners about their future and potentially putting something on the ballot at the beginning of the year. So should we all go over to the stadiums now to have our last chance to see these before you demolish these facilities, Mayor? That is a lot of steps ahead. I think okay. that there has been much said about what's going on with the stadiums and the discussion and much with the city does not know yet. What has been a discussion for the city is that I think we wish to protect ourselves in the event that there is a new stadium project, if the Royals, let's say, buy up a bunch of land downtown and build it, they certainly have a right to do that. The, the challenge is there are several hundred millions of dollars worth of infrastructure work that's underground. There is work that would have to be done by water services, public works, probably state highway commission and others. And so we want to make sure to avoid some of the mistakes of the past, like you saw perhaps on the Power and Light District where we are paying $14 million per year, still on debt up through, I believe, 2037, to make sure that we're funding that deal when that part of it wasn't worked out in advance. Between uh, you, me, and our camera operators here in the studio, is there a plan to put something on the ballot next year? I, I am not aware of a plan to put anything on the ballot. If it is supposed to be on the ballot next year, it would be a county issue, I would anticipate. There is not some secret deal or secret negotiation between the city and the Kansas City Royals or the city and the Kansas City Chiefs. As I shared with others in the public just last week, I have not had a formal conversation with the Royals about almost anything. Uh, I think this calendar year even, I certainly did go to opening day, but otherwise they're having their own discussions. We just want to make sure or in the event that there are discussions and if they were to say we're moving downtown we're doing anything else we're staying at the Truman Sports Complex if there is supposed to be some cost to our taxpayers we need to make sure the taxpayers are protected are you still also in contact with Laura Kelly trying to tell her not to steal <laughs> one of your teams I know sports betting began last week and most of that cash coming into the state of Kansas in that tax revenue will go towards trying to lure a professional yes, sports yes. stadium to Kansas yeah and a heck of a lot of that cash by the way is being spent by people from Kansas City Missouri not just Western Missouri just the city itself has produced a great deal of revenue that's why I hope it gets fixed in the legislature next year Kansas Governor Laura Kelly placed that first bet by the way last yes. week on sports betting at $15 for the ch uh, the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl yes. would that have been your bet uh, you know I do expect the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl I might have uh, put a little bit more money in but uh, okay. you know I'll have to check with my wife first you know a lot of people are fixated in the political world with the midterm elections but getting less attention is the fact that Kansas City is going back onto the ballot to try and yes. fix up 
programs in the city, $175 million infrastructure bond election, again, to fix up things in the city. What happened to all of that pandemic money, the millions coming in from the Biden administration yes. to help cities like yours? Well, we helped pay for our response to the pandemic. We took care of public health. We took care of our employees, including fire, paramedics, and others who were first responders throughout the pandemic, who we needed overtime for and any number of other things. I mean, so that, that money has been spent well. It's been spent responsibly. I will remind you, by the way, that under the CARES Act, Kansas City, Missouri never got its fair share of money. All that money was distributed to our constituent counties, and we got, I think, not necessarily the full cut that we would have if we were just above 500,000 people back then. But water under the bridge. This is a situation where we're trying to make sure we're improving things like our parks, like Barney Alice Plaza and our convention center, addressing core infrastructure issues where we actually have things falling down. All summer long, I heard people talk to me about the fact that there weren't working pools throughout the city. And at certain points, we had almost no pools working. We need to make sure we fix them. This is a no tax increase bond election. And I know there are some who quibble with that. More than anything, it's just us saying, how can we responsibly address infrastructure needs in Kansas City without increasing your levy rates and more than anything addressing things like equity in our pools in our parks and making money off of our convention center long term it wasn't your predecessor he went to voters back yes. in was there 2017 slight james you know this was 800 million dollars yes. to fix up the city a lot of these same projects and this was a 20-year plan what yeah. happened to that money you know i would say that they weren't the same projects a lot of that money you are seeing be spent right now any kansas Cityan who is driving around is seeing a whole heck of a lot of road construction for example we are addressing sidewalk repairs road repairs bridge repairs we put roughly 70 million dollars into the barney apartment into the buck o'neill bridge that was kansas city taxpayer contribution the state of missouri putting in a good amount of money more but those were huge costs for all of us and so unfortunately in a city with five billion dollars with a B of deferred maintenance we have a lot more work to do that's why this is necessary but that's why we kept it I believe small responsible as an amount but enough to make a real impact and what I have not mentioned of course is the as the housing part of all of it I know we'll talk about that as time goes on but we need to build more workforce housing more affordable housing in Kansas City this is gonna be a great way to do it I mentioned the ballot in November with the bond election coming up, but also on the ballot in the state of Missouri is going to be the legalization of marijuana. Yeah. I was surprised to see a story about you last week saying you were still undecided on that. Why? So I'm fully in support of, of recreational legal marijuana. I think Missouri is behind the times, frankly, in terms of where they need to be. Kansas, I guess, is very far behind the times because it's not even on their ballot. Uh, there are a few things that I, I've, I've asked questions about and I still need answers on. One. How, is, how are our licenses going to be distributed? I think when we saw the medical marijuana conversation, there was very little equity in connection with it, almost no African Americans getting licenses to sell or grow. That is something that's problematic. I think there have been other questions raised as to is expungement something that's going to everyone? What time can they have it? I think right now I would say I lean voting yes on it. I think that we can always fix details later, but that's some of the work and the research that I encourage everyone to do. I, I've noted that this is the rare bipartisan consensus where the governor of Missouri said don't vote for this. The secretary of state's had interesting comments, but also a Democratic state representative here from Kansas City. I still think that it, it's better to make sure we're getting towards legalization, but that's why I think I'm doing the research and a lot of Missourians are right now. Downtown back is moving forward this week with this $165 million plan to put a lid over the highway yep. that cross-cuts uh, downtown Kansas City for four blocks. They want to make it into an urban public park. Given all of the priorities that you have and you think about all the needs of the city, is this number one in your inbox, number one on your agenda? 
you know, there, there is almost never anything that is just number one. It all works together. Parks, trees, public safety, housing, all of them work together. That's why the job of mayor is somewhat tough. That's why the city council's job is tough. But it certainly is something where we can always try to improve our city each and every day. Great public spaces exist in great cities. Right? I'm, I'm sure that there were folks years ago who were saying, do we really need a Liberty Memorial? Do we really need any number of things? Fortunately, our predecessors invested in those sorts of things, and that's why we're being, once again, responsible with this. Looking at grants, private fundraising, doing all types of work to make sure the taxpayers can have a fantastic place to recreate in downtown Kansas City, where we lack some good spaces. But more than anything, while we're also still addressing roads, housing, sidewalks, bridges. I think you can do a lot of it. When I ran for mayor, I talked about being able to walk and chew gum. I think Kansas City's done a good job of that in recent years. And you'll be asking for a vote very shortly again. It, you know, it seems hard to believe, yes. but in April, you'll be going back to voters to say, hey, I want another four years in office. Yes. If, if you happen to be running uh, next to somebody in a uh, local grocery store in yep. the cereal aisle, and they were to say, well, what have you actually done for me? What's the biggest thing you'll be able to tell you know, people? I would mention two things. Uh, one, I think we've done right by our workers. When I was running for mayor, I said that every city employee would get a pay raise. We've been able to do that. I think that's been a big part of how we've been able to retain workers, how we're attracting new ones at a time it's been tough in the public and private sectors. The next thing that I would look to is we said we would improve deferred infrastructure concerns. All this road construction, the sidewalk repairs that people are seeing in every part of the city, equitably in every part of the city, is something that I ran on, something that we said we'd be able to deliver. I know there is a lot more stuff that we have to do, but those are two great accomplishments. I'll also say this on the housing point, even though I, I've taken flack from some. This administration, we have built more affordable housing units than any other in Kansas City's history. I'm proud of it. I look forward to us doing even more in the second term. What about the biggest disappointment? There are lots of disappointments, but I think the biggest one, and I'll be honest with you, we talk about this all the time, is public safety. We have not been able to uh, round the corner on our all-too-high violent crime numbers, particularly our homicides. It is a, a tragedy in Kansas City that each day there's someone who's shot in this city. We need to do more to help address that. We will have a new police chief in the weeks or months ahead. I look forward to working with her or him in terms of how we make this community safer, but removing all the politics that they try to pull us into. We need this to be a safer city. Our citizens our neighbors deserve it. You know, you think about lo last year was the second highest murder mm -hmm. rate in Kansas City history. This year, we're now 11% higher as we record this program mm -hmm. than last year. What Can you give me one thing that the city is doing differently to try and get a handle on that? You know, I think when you look at the cooperation right now from Interim Chief Joe Maben of the Police Department, I think is doing a wonderful job. His work with uh, the Mayor's Office, City Council, the prosecutor's office has been something strong. And something that's come out of that lately is a violence interruption group where we are, with the police department's help, community organizations, and so many others, and the mayor's office, reaching out to folks who are at a high risk of violence or a high risk to actually shoot someone else in retaliation and getting in the way of future shootings. That is incredibly vital work. It doesn't make it on the news because you don't bring a camera behind you to say, hey, guys, let's try to figure out your beef on Kansas City PBS. But that is making a clear difference that is something that the department supported, that the city supporting, that everybody's working together on, and I think you'll continue to see that making a difference in our future. We haven't mentioned the biggest project of all in the entire metro, yeah. and that's the new airport. And March 3rd yeah. is the date that they're supposed to be swinging open the doors to allow passengers in. Is that still uh, on time and on budget? Are you going to report on Kansas City PBS tonight 
uh, that there's a problem and we may have to push back that opening date. It, it remains on time and on budget. And if you want to uh, try to get away to trust me, part of that is the fact that uh, I'm on the ballot a month later. So we'll make sure that it's on time, on budget. It opens. Kansas Cityans deserve it. It will be a fabulous facility. And we're proud of our city workers and all those who helped build it. Mayor Quinton Lucas, thank you so much for being with us on Week in Review. Up next, we lift up the hood on the rest of the week's big news stories with Kraski and Helling. Stay with us. You're watching Kansas City Week in Review. As Mayor Lucas exits the building, KCUR's Steve Kraski and the star's Dave Helling pull up a seat for a whirlwind trip through the week's other notable headlines. You know, we know local governments got billions of dollars in pandemic cash from the federal government. But what did they spend it on? The Kansas City Star has been lifting up the hood this week on all that cash and discovered some surprising purchases, no more so than in the city of Independence, which spent more than $100,000 on ballistic helmets and sniper rifles for its police department. Both purchases were apparently categorized under the services of disproportionately impacted communities spending group. So how are sniper rifles and military-style helmets a service to disproportionately impacted communities, Steve? <laughs> well, that's a great question, and this purchase is raising some eyebrows across the metro as we talk about this, Nick. By all means, the city of Independence could do pretty much what it wanted to do with this money, and apparently some folks in the police department thought this was a very important purchase. But the guidelines suggest, and there are only guidelines, that these purchases were aimed at getting at the root causes of crime. I'm not sure these purchases fit that category very neatly. I remember very early in the pandemic, Overland Park was going to be spending money on uh, new cameras for the, the soccer, soccer complex. Yeah, remember right, that? And right. they got so much of a backlash, they decided to walk that back. They didn't end up doing it. But really, couldn't cities spend it on anything? And Is there much accountability? You remember two years ago, the government was just shoving cash out the door, trying to keep the economy inflated and telling local governments to go spend the money to keep things going. These stories will continue to crop up. And by the way, quickly, not just on COVID relief for cities, but PPP loans. People are asking now, why did so-and-so get a loan? And why was that loan forgiven? Uh, w w the accounting of the post-COVID uh, era is underway. And there's a lot more money for unemployment benefits. And I saw in the state of Kansas, a new audit this week showed that Kansas actually more than $400 million went to fraudsters. Another example of what we're talking about here, these stories are going to continue. The problem with some of these programs is the federal government didn't build into these programs any accounting, Nick, so that taxpayers could really know where the money was going. So a tip of the hat to the Kansas City Star for keeping an eye this is what newspapers are supposed to do, and they, they've done it, and it's a good service can, to can, all can of Just us. quickly, Nick, we need to give a little bit of leeway to governments and others who were involved in the COVID relief programs, in part because it was so unusual. I mean, it, 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 we don't go through this every year, and I think we wrote at the time, there will be mistakes, but get the money out there to try and keep the economy afloat rather than hold it back and go through a lot of red tape that may have helped us dodge these stories, but not help the economy in the moment when it was in crisis. Could the Kansas governor's race hinge on the price of diapers and tampons? Did you see that story? Republican candidate and state attorney general Derek Schmidt was in the metro this week to call for the elimination of the sales tax on pampers, huggies, and tampax. You might not have given it much thought, but diapers and feminine hygiene products are currently taxed as luxury goods in Kansas, no different than buying a diamond ring or a bottle of champagne. You can get the impression that our elected leaders sometimes 
spend far too much time talking about things that have no relevance to your life whatsoever. Does this latest move show us they sometimes do, Steve? Well, it does, and I think it's a good move by the Attorney General to try to connect with people. After all, Nick, he has spent the last, what, eight years serving as Attorney General of the state of Kansas, a position that's really hard to connect to the average person out on the street in terms of how they're living their daily lives. So Derek Schmidt made this move, but Democrats were awfully quick to come back, Nick, and say, hey, uh, Democratic lawmakers, Democratic Governor Kelly had tried to pass something very similar to this, only to see Republican leaders reject the idea or at least not advance the idea during the legislative session. Where was Derek Schmidt then when this issue was percolating a few months ago? But, but we do have the abortion uh, vote in Kansas probably still ringing in Derek Schmidt's ears. Isn't he now trying to appeal to women at this moment in time? That's and is this a good it. strategy of doing that? Yeah, that's a part of it. And there will be, for some women, this will be an important announcement. Whether it will change enough votes to alter the race is another question altogether. I think uh, Derek Schmidt is trying a lot of things to try and pique public interest. You know, candidates don't run for office saying, hey, I'm going to raise taxes. <laughs> they run saying, I'm going to try and cut them, and this is another example of you that. You know, everything that happens in the race at this point, Nick, absolutely every word out of the governor's mouth, out of uh, Derek Schmidt's mouth, Everything is political at this point. You know, Derek Schmidt is trying to counter, to match the big achievement of the Kelly administration, was, which was getting that food sales tax cut. So he's got some ground to make up there, and, and this is sort of what all that's about. Pretty much every day you can read a news story somewhere around the country about how the Supreme Court abortion ruling is now upending the campaigns of Republicans and bringing fresh momentum to Democratic candidates. We are seeing it in Kansas, but how come it doesn't seem to be helping the biggest Democrat on the ballot in Missouri? A new poll this week has Trudy Bush Valentine trailing Republican Attorney General Eric Schmidt by more than double digits. Why is she not benefiting from the so-called Kansas abortion effect, Dave? Uh, in part because, A, she may be. I mean, she might be farther behind if you didn't have the abortion okay. argument for her to make because she's so unknown in the state, Nick. Democrats are so unorganized for statewide races like this anymore. And Eric Schmidt has run a fairly good campaign, is well known, uh, and has attracted a lot of Republican uh, support across the state. So that's sort of the baseline. She m might be doing, you know, might be behind 25 points if it weren't for the abortion ruling. You know, what the pollster also found, Nick, was that voters vote on a lot more issues than just abortion, that there are other pressing concerns, inflation that we just talked about being one of them. So that's one part of this. The other thing to keep in mind here is Trudy Bush Valentine has never held public office before. She's a newcomer to politics, and it's really showing right now, Nick. Voters don't know who she is. Her campaign is slow to uh, get gain some traction coming out of the primary. She's got a long way to go. She's going to have to get a lot more aggressive and define herself and define what she's about in a lot more aggressive manner in the weeks to come before this general election in November. She's only got a few weeks, Nick. It's a lot of ground to cover very quickly, and that's in part why uh, Eric Schmidt is leading by the points that he's leading by. After years of planning, Jackson County finally breaks ground this week on a new jail. The 1,200-bed facility is being built on the site of a former RV park near the Truman Sports Complex. But how many jails do we need? The Kansas City Star claims Kansas City is quietly planning a rival jail after Jackson County officials refused to house city inmates in their new facility. This would seem to make sense. A joint jail. What's happening behind the scenes that we are not seeing, Dave? 
Well, the city has been talking for uh, with, for years with Jackson County about partner, partnering on the jail. The city needs about 100 beds. It sends half of its prisoners now to Vernon County, the other half to Johnson County, Missouri, Warrensburg at some expense, and they've said, look, it makes sense for us to go together for reasons that are not completely clear. Jackson County has resisted that. The sheriff, county officials, Troy Schulte, the former city manager, may be playing a bit of a role in all of this. The county has said, look, if you want to build your own city jail next to the new county jail at, 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 I four, uh, at 40 Highway and I-70, we'll go in with you on a fence <laughs> and help you on parking and other things, but you need to build your own jail. Kansas City uh, is not overwhelmingly happy with that option because it's very expensive. It could cost $150, $200 million or more when there are other expenses out there. So the talks continue, but I think Kansas City next year will have to decide how it's going to proceed on this What's issue. remarkable about this, though, Steve, is that, you know, this year actually is the 25th anniversary of consolidation of Wyandotte County and Kansas City, mm -hmm. Kansas government. This was viewed as a big deal. It was going to be a model for our community that we were going to see a consolidation of cities and counties coming together, and this would seem to be the perfect example of what could have been achieved. I couldn't agree with you more. It's exactly the kind of thing that government should be cooperating about. To Dave's point, Troy Schulte, the former city manager of Kansas City, well-respected guy, now is doing a similar job for the county. So there's, there's a pathway here for cooperation. Why spend $260 million for the county only to top that off with $150 million more for a city jail when you can reduce both costs to both, uh, both uh, governments here. This doesn't make any sense on the surface. The explanations are weak, lukewarm at best. I think taxpayers deserve to hear a lot more about why this thing isn't getting done in a better and way. And I think many of our viewers might be surprised to learn, of course, from these stories that the city doesn't even have a jail right this second, and they are spending millions of dollars, as you said, transporting uh, inmates over 100 miles away to other communities. Remember, these are nonviolent offenders, typically on sentences of six months or so for various ordinance violations. Used to be in a, in a uh, prison facility over by the stadiums, but that was a problem. It was old. People were escaping so much. The city didn't want to build new, so they said, look, can we just board some folks with Jackson County? They, that worked for a while, then Jackson County kicked them out. Now they're farming uh, uh, prisoners out. I will tell you that there are council members who are saying, look, why don't we take part of the old county jail downtown, yeah. 12th and Cherry? There's an annex that was is recently uh, constructed at that site. 200 beds, use that. Buy it from the county, use that for a jail facility rather than building new. This story will continue. Well, this was supposed to be the week Missouri lawmakers returned to Jefferson City for a special session of the legislature to pass the largest income tax cut in state history. But the halls of the Missouri Capitol building were empty this week with no lawmakers to be found. What happened? Does it mean we're no longer going to get these big checks Governor Parson has been promising as a result of his planned income tax cuts, Steve? Well, that could be. Uh, lawmakers, clearly Republican lawmakers who control the levers of power in Jeff City in both houses, are obviously having a hard time making up their collective minds as to what they want to do here, Nick. Whenever you talk tax cuts, every lawmaker from every part of the state has an idea of what kinds of taxes should be cut to placate the folks back home, to placate special interests. So clearly Republicans having a hard time trying to sort out exactly what they want to do here. Governor Parson wants to keep this rule simple. He wants to cut the income tax, 
but lots of other people have lots of other opinions. So if you were thinking of buying a new car, putting in an in-ground swimming pool, you might want to put a hold <laughs> on that then, Dave, because you might not be getting that money. Yeah, well, I think they'll work something out, but yeah, I wouldn't be building a swimming pool now. First of all, we're headed into the fall. You can't use it. But, <laughs> but I do think that it's fascinating to me that Missouri, with this huge surplus, is talking about ways to cut taxes, put money in people's pockets before Election Day. In Kansas, very similar surplus. Republican supermajorities in the legislature don't want to uh, didn't want to touch a tax cut with a 10-foot pole because Laura Kelly is governor and didn't want to give her credit for it. That shows you how political this discussion is and not based on economics. Yeah. Now, when you put a program like this together every week, you can't get to every story grabbing the headlines. What was the big local story we missed? It's beginning to look a lot like job, football. Fellas. The Chiefs are back. The season opener Sunday afternoon against the Cardinals. Former Chiefs assistant coach Britt Reid back in the news. He's now changing his plea to guilty just ahead of his trial into that 2021 DUI crash that left a five-year-old brain damaged. Reid could face up to seven years in prison. Move over Starbucks workers. Now it's local Taco Bell employees out on strike. UMKC staff also hitting the streets. They're protesting a new university policy they claim strips them of 10 vacation days. Are we heading for another eviction crisis? Eviction filings have now doubled in the last month. And KCUR reports twice as many utility shutoffs compared to this time last year. A shooter opens fire inside Independence Center Mall. No injuries, but just the latest in a string of gun incidents that is panicking shoppers. It's finally happening. The owners of the Casey Currents say they're ready to break ground on their brand new Riverfront Stadium next month. And it's a big birthday in Johnson County. This seems hard to believe. Shawnee Mission North marking its birthday this weekend and chalk up a new problem to worry about bats this is not an early halloween joke but apparently kansas city pest control companies seeing a major uptick in bat infestations having a bat in the bedroom and flying on your face is crazy it does sound crazy but was that your story or did you pick something completely different Steve? those are all worthy picks nick i picked something different we talked on up to date this week about a big problem in kansas which is that western kansas is running out of water if the ag industry goes south in kansas it's going to affect all of us in eastern kansas as well it's a big problem that needs our attention and it needs some solutions dave last week we talked about brian platt's memo on the stadiums where he said he's going to hire and owner's representative to represent the city's interests in the stadium talks after the publicity that we brought to that story he backed away and sent a memo to the council saying i won't hire anyone until we have a chance to talk about this either in committee or with the full council so that procedure if you will is on hold indefinitely you so you're patting yourself on the back. I am, exactly. Okay, all right. And on that, we will say our week is being reviewed. Thanks to Steve Kraske, who keeps us up to date weekday mornings at 9 on KCURFM, and Dave Helling of your Kansas City Star. And I'm Nick Haynes from all of us here at Kansas City PBS. Be well, keep calm, and carry on.